in the book of John, the chapter 1. Tonight I have a text I want to speak to you about that's a great principle in the Bible, though there's a text found in chapter 2 of the book of John that we'll be talking to you about tonight out of the Word of God, and it's a wonderful truth to know. And I hope you'll be with us tonight. I just pray that you will be. And now I want us to begin reading and read just a short passage of Scripture from John chapter 1. There are at least five instances of personal salvation in the first chapter of the book of John. The people are given the name. People that came to know in this chapter who came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as a personal Savior. I've often said it's one of the greatest soul-winning chapters in the Bible. That is not, however, the burden of, on my heart this morning. In verse 45, Philip findeth Nathaniel and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, that is unto Philip, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him, and saith of him, Behold an Israelite in whom is no guile. And I've had people ask me about this statement, and so I'll just mention to you, the Lord is not saying, here comes a man who is sinless and does not need to be saved. He is not saying that. Guile in the Bible has to do with deception and insincerity. And the Lord is saying, here is an Israelite indeed. He's not saved. But he believes what the Old Testament scriptures have said, that a Messiah is coming. He's sincere about it. Behold an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael answered and saith unto him, Rabbi, which means master or teacher, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God. Thou art the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, Believest thou, thou shalt see greater things than these. He saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. And I want to take for the text this morning actually a part of a verse. And that is in verse 50, Thou shalt see greater things than these. And to me it's one of the most amazing verses that I could ever contemplate, really. For the Lord to say to Nathaniel, 
who had seen, just seen so much, to say to him, Thou shalt see greater things than these. And I want to just give you a truth from the Bible. It's always true in the Bible about how God deals with us in showing us and teaching us things as our Heavenly Father. God's dealings with us are always on an ascending plane. God never starts with us at the top and gradually brings us to the bottom. We start at the bottom, so to speak, spiritually speaking, and God's dealings with us are always on an ascending plane. That is, God is always teaching us more and more. He said to Nathaniel, Thou shalt see greater things than these. Had I the time this morning, I would like to illustrate that out of the Bible. How little did Abraham know when God spoke openly to him way back in chapter 11 and 12 of the book of Genesis and said to Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. I will make of thee a great nation. I'll bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. And these words of God to Abraham flood my mind with great spiritual truths that run through and throughout the whole Bible. But how little did Abraham know when he left Ere the Chaldees that one day his name would be mentioned in the Bible more times than the name of any other human being. How little did he know that he would be called the father of the Hebrew nation? How little did he know when God said, Get thee out of air the Chaldees, that one day the Lord Jesus would refer, would refer to the place in the bounds of the earth where saved people went before the ascension of Christ, that God would refer to that heavenly paradise as Abraham's bosom. How little did he know when God said, Abraham, get thee out of thy country unto a land that I will show thee. I'm just saying God always deals with us on an ascending plane. It is, is one of the visions of Ezekiel, where you read upward, still upward, still upward, still upward. God always deals with his children in the matter of unfolding his word and his plan and his will. He deals with us on an ascending plane. How little did David know when one day he's out in the fields minding the sheep, and the messenger comes and says, Your father Jesse has asked that you come to the house. And he came to the house, and there stood seven dejected-looking brothers, David himself the eighth. And when Samuel saw him, he said, That's the man. He is the one God wants to be king 
over Israel. David was anointed to be king. And how little did he know when Samuel poured the anointing oil upon him that the, the Bible then would unfold and teach that Jesus would sit on the throne of his father David and that he would come into the world, humanly speaking, from David's tribe, the tribe of Judah. And even as the Bible says, from the family of David. How little David knew about all this. I say God always deals with us on an ascending plane. And he said to Nathaniel, I will show thee greater things than this. How little did Jacob know that night when he fled from home to escape the wrath of his elder brother from whom he'd stolen the birthright, came to a place named Bethel, anointed a stone and prayed. And God came to him, and there's a suggestion of this here, Jacob's ladder. He suggested in verse 51, angels of God ascending and descending. And that's what Jacob saw. And saw the ladder reach to heaven because he saw on that first night a type and picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. But Jacob said, truly the Lord's in this place. And he anointed a stone that night. And he said, as long as I live, I will honor God and I will give a tenth of all my income unto him. How little did Jacob know that night, that night, when all alone, one man, under the starry skies, he knelt at a stone and prayed, and prayed. How little did he know that one day he'd become the father of a great host of people and twelve sons, the history of which takes up nearly all of the Old Testament scriptures. I say to you, God always deals with us on an ascending plane. Now Nathaniel had seen a lot. And so that's what makes my text to me this morning so amazing. Jesus said to him, Thou shalt see greater things than these. And I just sit and contemplate for a minute when uh, I read Jesus said, Thou shalt see greater things than these. And I contemplate on what he's already seen. And my first impulse is to say, Lord, there isn't anything greater he could ever see than this. But you know, Nathaniel saw first of all a Savior. When Philip said to him, we found him of whom Moses and the prophets and the law did write. And he said, can anything come out of good come out of Nazareth? Philip just said, come and see. And that's what I say to you this morning. If you want to know whether there's anything to the Christian life and Jesus being a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, if you want to know that Jesus is a satisfying portion and never, never will fail you, come and see. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Now Nathaniel had already seen a Savior. He already saw something that a lot of people have never seen till this moment. He had seen that, that Jesus is the Son of God. 
not a great teacher, not just a great man, not an unusual person, not just a great philosopher, but the divine Son of God who preexisted with the Father and the Holy Spirit. And he saw Jesus and said, Thou art the Son of God. Oh, look what he'd seen. He had seen the Savior of his soul. He had seen the only person in all of human history that could be called the Son of God. For none other could ever be called by that title. He had seen something else. He had seen the fulfillment of literally hundreds of Old Testament scriptures concerning Jesus as the King of Israel and the King of the world when he reigns in his universal reign during a thousand years millennium, millennium yet to come. He'd seen the Bible fulfilled in the first coming of the Lord. He'd seen scriptures come to life. They were not words whom dead pages now, for he'd seen the Lamb of God that take away the sin of the world. Oh, how much he had seen. He'd seen something a lot of people never see. He had already seen that something good can come from a bad place. For he asked the question, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? That's where Jesus was raised. The city of Nazareth, Nazareth was the rudest, crudest, most uneducated city in all that area. The people were hated because of their lack of feeling and their rudeness. And even 30 years or so ago, some of us experienced that very feeling in the city of Nazareth when all we wanted to do was to see Mary's well, a sacred spot. And there were people who threw things at us. And Philip rightly said, can any good thing come from a bad place? And he had already seen the wonderful truth that it doesn't make any difference where you came from. The crucial thing is, where are you going? And where will you spend eternity? And a God who can take a man out of a hog pen, and a man from the cheater's table of the tax collector, and a man that can take a woman filled with seven devils, a Jesus can do that, can save one from the worst place in all this world. And yet, he'd seen all of this, and Jesus said to him, Thou shalt see greater things than this. Now, I'm in a dilemma already. There's no way in the world that I can do in the next 15 minutes what I would like to do, and that is to try, with God's Holy Spirit helping me, to explain to you what Jesus meant when he said to a man who'd already seen a Savior, who'd already seen him as the Son of God, 
who had already seen the fulfillment of the Old Testament Bible that pointed to the first coming of the Lord as the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. I would like to explain to you, if I could this morning, what the Lord meant when he said, Thou shalt see greater things than these. First of all, there's something lies in the scripture here in life you'd see. You see, Nathaniel, who by the way is called Bartholomew, uh, in at least one other place, or two or three other places in the Bible, he had seen the omniscience of Jesus. Now that is omniscience, the all-knowing of the Lord. You see, Nathaniel was round the other side of the hill, and the Lord looked through the granite and marble and stone and dust and dirt. And uh, here comes around the hill this man named Nathaniel. And the all-knowing Christ said, Behold, an Israelite in whom there is no guile. And he said it to Nathaniel, and it shocked Nathaniel. And Nathaniel said, How knowest thou me? And you know the answer to that question, and I know the answer to that question. He knowest everyone. And he knows you this morning. And he knows me this morning. But Nathaniel had seen the omniscience, the all-knowingness of Christ. And the Lord said, Thou shalt see greater things than these. And I think the Lord, for one thing, meant, Now I'm going to show you the omnipotence of Christ. You've seen my all-knowingness. I want now to show you my all-powerfulness. For the scriptures which follow bear that out. For immediately, Jesus performs his first miracle, turns water to wine. I'm going to read that tonight. And I'm going to take a text from it tonight. And I'm going to answer the question uh, with the Bible. I say, I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm not going to do anything unless God helps me. You know that, and I know that. But tonight I'm going to explain to you whether the Bible teaches that Jesus created fermented wine or not, among other things. And that'll be a lot better than the Super Bowl. Uh, so, me here. But anyhow, let me see, where was I? Yes, he said, thou shalt see greater things than these. Now I want you to see my omnipotence. So he said to the people at the wedding... When the Bible said they had no wine, and he said, fill these water pots with water. And with the power of God, he turned water to wine. The first miracle Jesus ever wrought. He turned one substance into another substance. And he is saying to Nathaniel, You've not only seen my all-knowingness, you'll see my omnipotence. He saw it, he saw it again in chapter 2, if you'll read it sometime. He saw Jesus go into the temple, this temple under the control of the old rabbis and the old students of the scriptures and, and the priests and all that ran and ruled in the temple. And he went in and something was happening in the temple. God never meant to happen in the temple. And people had set up a table and they'd sell doves and pigeons and little lambs and a person could come.
from their home and not bring a sacrifice, but buy one and offer it contrary to the free will offering of the sacrifices that God had demanded. Jesus walked in the temple, put his hands under that table, flipped it upside down, and took a scourge and drove these people from that temple and said, it is said, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of, a den of thieves. And Nathaniel saw this. He saw the omnipotence of God. He saw something else. They said in chapter 2, right after Jesus said, you'll see greater things than this. Uh, they said to Jesus, we're going to kill you. He said, destroy this temple and in three days I'll build it again. And they, they had no spiritual understanding and they mused among themselves and they said, what? Destroy this temple and in three days you'll build it? When it took seven years to put it up, and you're going to rebuild it in three days? And he was speaking not of that temple, but this temple. He said, destroy. You, he said, you're going to kill me. Destroy this temple. And in three days, I'll build it again. He made a great, great Almost impossible except by the power of God. And he did exactly what he said he'd do. They nailed it to a cross and crowned it with thorns, robed it with blood and spittle and shame, and took it limp and lifeless and bathed it kind hands did and placed that temple in a borrowed man's tomb and sealed the door and the Roman government stuck their seals on the door and the guards at the entrance and said, that deceiver said, I will come from the grave and we'll see that it doesn't. And one day the earthquake rolled the stone away and scared the life out of the guards and Jesus walked forth with the keys of life and death hanging at his girdle. And he said, I am he that was dead, but I am alive and I'm alive forevermore. You saw my, om my omniscience, my all-knowingness. I want to show you my all-powerfulness. He saw something else. He saw him in the flesh. Now, I want to tell you, brother, i tell you right now, I'd like to have seen him. I know I'd have been scared. I know I'd have been so excited, but I'd like to have seen him. Wouldn't you like to have seen Jesus walk the dusty shores of Galilee with 12 men following him? Wouldn't you like to have seen him sit on the hillsides and great multitudes of people? He takes the lunch of a little willing lad and fed, fed the multitude. I'd like to have seen him. And Nathaniel looked at him and he saw God enfleshed. He saw Jesus in a human body. And yet Jesus said to him, Now Nathaniel, you shall see greater things than these. And I sit with my Bible and prayerfully contemplate, uh, what in the world could be better than just a full-orbed view 
and just an eye full of Jesus Christ. I'll tell you what will be better. And every one of us are going to experience it who are saved. Nathaniel, you see me in my fleshly body. That one day at the end of 33 years of living on earth will be slain and put in a, on a cross and in a tomb. But one day you're going to see me in a glorified body. And I want to tell you, you talk about excitement. Oh, I'd like to have seen him when he's put on his finger in the clay, touched the eyes of the blind man, and the man opened his eyes and said, I see. But one day I'm going to see him in the glorified body. You know, Paul said, without controversy, without controversy, this is the way he started, without controversy, Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Greatest miracle. Nathaniel looked right at that personified miracle. And yet Jesus said, you're going to see greater things than this. Because the Lord is one day going to come. And if I had the time this morning, I'd like to try to paint a picture of the glorified Christ as it is in the first chapter of the book of Revelation. Hair as white as wool, cold in a golden garment, down to his feet, with a with a, a beautiful girdle, a, a cloth about his loins, feet like burning brass, and holding the church seven golden candlesticks in his hand, and he comes out saying, "I have the keys of hell and death. I'm going to see him, not in the flesh." I'm, and no one else has seen him in the flesh since Paul saw him as one born out of due time and John saw him on the Isle of Patmos. But one day, one day, one glorious day, I'm going to see him in the glorified body. I'm going to look at him. You know, Paul uh, says in the blessed word of God, henceforth know we no more, no man after the flesh. He said, henceforth know we Christ no more after the flesh. You know what Paul's saying? Nobody knows Jesus after the flesh. Nobody sees him. I mean with physical eye. But you know what John said, beloved, now doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And he said to Nathaniel, oh yeah, you saw something great. You saw God enfleshed in a human body. You saw the Son of God who created the world. You saw the Lamb of God that takes away its sins. But you're going to see something greater. Isn't that wonderful? Some of these days, I'm not going to see him in that earthly body that grew tired and shed tears. Side was open and hands were scarred, but I'm going to see him as he is. Not only that, Bible says I'm going to be made like him. I'm going to be given a body like his. Thou shalt see greater things than this. Now listen, I must close. He saw him as a savior. I've already alluded to that. A savior. Did you hear what I said? A savior. 
I mean a Savior from sin. The Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's what it takes to get saved. It believe right in here that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and say right from here, I want him because I'm a sinner. I want him as my Savior. He saw him as a Savior and I'm going to have to hurry. But he never, he had, Jesus said, oh, you're going to see greater than this. Greater than Savior? Greater than someone that saved me for all my sins? Yes. Yes, hallelujah. Yes, praise the Lord. He was going to see that Jesus was not only a Savior, but he was a keeper. And he never would lose Nathaniel. And I love him as a Savior. I love him for taking my sins in his body on the tree. But oh, I love him as my keeper. I give unto them, he said, eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. And no one can pluck them out of my Father's hand. And if you want to see where you really are as a child of God this morning, see yourself in the hand that made the world and the hand that was nailed to the cross that's where you are. And he said, you saw me as a Savior? Have you ever seen him as a Savior? Do you know that your sins are all forgiven this morning? It's wonderful. But one day you'll learn that he'll keep you also. He saw him as a stranger. He'd never, he'd never seen Jesus before. And I'm just giving you the uh, main points. Saw him as a stranger. Going to see greater things than this. You're going to come to know him as a friend. It was love at first sight. It was like the woman at the well. It was like Zacchaeus up the sycamore tree. It was like the thief on the cross. It was love at first sight. And this stranger came to be the greatest friend they ever knew. Nathaniel saw him in a human body. He later would know him in the power of the Spirit. I'm through. I'm closing. But you know, Nathaniel saw Jesus in a human body, but he was to have a great experience one day. If you were to turn to Acts chapter 1, verses 14 and 15 and read sometime, you'd read the names of numerous apostles and you would might be a little bit disappointed if you read it thinking of Nathaniel because you would not read the name of Nathaniel, but you'd read a man's name, Bartholomew. That's, that's Nathaniel. And he's in the upper room and he's waiting for Pentecost and then Pentecost came and is filled with the Holy Spirit. And Nathaniel is mentioned in the book of Acts 25 times 
but his name is never given. It's called the Twelve, the Disciples, the Apostles. You know what I'm saying? Nathaniel saw Jesus in a human body, but one day there came one who had no body. There came the Holy Spirit, and the Bible never says anything about him having a body because he makes my body his body and the body of every Christian his body. So the Holy Spirit came upon Daniel. Oh, I thought about preaching down in Houston, Texas once and a young man came forward and uh, people were coming and praying and uh, seeking the Lord and his blessing and power. And a young man came and very quickly he said to me, I went to Bible school three years and dropped out of school. He said, uh, my father is unsaved. And he said, my father saw me flop out, he said. But he said, I believe tonight God has gotten hold of my heart. And when the pastor took charge of the service in just a minute, and people were still standing down here. Young man looked up at the pastor and said, Pastor, could I say a word? And the pastor said, Yes. And the young man came up the pulpit and said, I have an unsaved father. I went to Bible school and went three years and flopped out. And my father's on his way to hell. But he said, I know I could say it and it not be true. But I believe tonight God gave me the power win my father to Christ and to me to make a success of my life. It's not enough just to see Jesus with a body. We must know the Holy Spirit who has only our body. Shall we pray? Father in heaven, bless the word of God to our hearts this morning. Oh, precious Jesus, heavenly Father, Holy Spirit of God, do thy work in the hearts of people. And uh, may this be a glorious hour when the Holy Spirit works in our midst. May people be saved and blessed in many other ways. For Jesus' sake I pray, amen. Let's stand together. Brother Jim, you lead us in number 282, just as I am. Everyone standing. I want us to bow our heads just a minute, standing. How many of you with heads bowed can say, Preacher, I believe this morning my sins are gone. I know Jesus, Savior, friend. I believe the Spirit of God dwells in my body. I'm on my way to heaven. I know I'm saved this morning. Will you slip your hands up? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. God bless you. You may take them down. Are there those this morning in this room, man or woman, boy or girl, Upstairs or down, you say, Preacher, I couldn't lift my hand. I'm not saved, and I want to be saved. Will you pray for me? Will you pray for me this morning? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. We're going to pray now for you. You'll not be embarrassed. Hundreds of people have already prayed. You say, Pray for me. I need prayer. Would you just slip up your hand? Just slip it up until I see it. Just put it up. Every head bowed, please. Every Christian prayed. Just slip it up till I see it. Upstairs or down, pray for me. I need to be saved. All right. If you need to be saved 
this morning. We want you to come. We're here to help you, and we love you, and Jesus died for you. If you've been saved and you need to follow the Lord in baptism, I pray that the Spirit of God will bring you to this front this morning, and that matter can be taken care of in your life. If you are saved and you know the Lord and you desire to unite with this church, we invite you to come while we prayerfully sing, just as I am. Now, Father, bless us as we sing, and may people come and respond to the call of Jesus. We ask in his name, amen.